biblical protocols for navigating and maximizing a new season. In Joshua chapter 3 verse 3 to 6, Joshua chapter 3 verse 3 to 6, the Bible says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. Because there is a way you must go. The way I need to go is not the way you need to go. But for everyone there is a way in which we must go. The Bible says, for you have not passed this way before. There is nobody here that has experienced 2022 before. So that Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Because somebody was going to say, Amen. And Joshua spoke unto the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. I want us to understand that every season demands specific protocols that must be adhered to if you want to effectively maximize that season. For instance, in this part of the world, we have the raining season and we have the dry season. There are clothes you wear in winter. There are clothes you wear in summer. You don't wear winter clothes in um, sorry. You don't wear summer clothes in winter. You know when when people you know who have never experienced snow before they see they think it's very you know ah it's fine it's fine <laughs> it's not a good experience. If you are not well dressed in the in, uh, in the winter season, you may die of cold. Of frostbite. I remember. I think it was like maybe three weeks ago. You know, an old friend was talking about the fact that when he travelled many years ago, he was not wearing the proper clothing, and he almost lost his fingers to frostbite. What you say as I'm dreaming of a white Christmas? <laughs> Praise God. You know, because it was not properly clothed, because the season has changed. So what you wore in summer, you can no longer wear it in winter. And we need to realize that when seasons change, your conduct must change. Oftentimes, many people step into a new year, but they don't change their conduct. A new year does not guarantee a new experience until there is a new version of you. The reason why many people keep, keep having the repetition of past years is just the only difference is that the calendar is changing. It's because they are not changing and they expect things to change around them. It doesn't work that way. The way you build in the tropic regions of the earth is different from the way you build in the Mediterranean regions, in the arid regions. Why? Because of the atmosphere, because of you know every other thing. So we need to realize that seasons demand a change of conduct. There is a way to position yourself in every new season. And in the season God is about to bring you and I to, there are things demanded of you and I. For instance, if a woman is a, a, a woman that's pregnant, right, seven months pregnant or nine months pregnant, cannot be wearing what she was wearing before she became pregnant. Because it's a different season. As a matter of fact, she can't conduct herself as if she was not pregnant. Her friends may be running marathon. She can't say, ah, me too, I want to run marathon. I'm going to the gym. You know, she can't do that. Even if she's going to do that, it will be with, you know, 
it will be customized for that season of our life sometimes people get married and as married people they still want to be living single it's a different season things have to change and you see in the same way we need to realize that what you want to build determines the conduct you must have for someone who wants to build a skyscraper the protocols for building a bungalow is different from the protocols of building a skyscraper while the man building a bungalow right is doing finishing touches painting the man building skyscraper is still digging holes and if he does not understand the protocol that is demanded for what is building he might begin to come under pressure and begin to ask ah why is it that this person has finished what is building i have not even started because there are protocols if you build a skyscraper on the foundation of a bungalow you have built a monumental coffin not the skyscraper because it's only a matter of time it will fall like a pack of cards the first protocols for navigating and maximizing a new season number one is what i call gratitude protocol gratitude protocol somebody say gratitude protocol every new season must be stepped into with a heart of gratitude every new season that's what the bible says in psalms 100 and verse 4 it says enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise he says be thankful unto him and bless his name see no matter how great and dire your needs are you must begin anything that is worth beginning with gratitude no matter what your desires are no matter what your needs are no matter how bad things are or how good things are every new season anything that is worth starting you must be you know started as it were with gratitude that's why you see that at the tomb of lazarus people were under pressure the friends of jesus they told jesus oh if you had come three days ago lazarus wouldn't have died but jesus was not under pressure because he understood protocol he said the first thing he said is father i thank you because you hear me always are you thanking it because your friend just died no he's not thanking him for the death of lazarus he's thanking him because you understand that that is the protocol for getting anything done want to feed five thousand people the food is not even enough to feed five people but what did jesus do the bible says he lifted it up and he gave thanks let me tell you this what the devil often does is that he will put your attention on what is not working and he will make you forget what is working and that's why scripture says in all things in what most things in all things it says do what give thanks it means in whatever situation no matter what is happening no matter what has stopped working no matter what has started working no matter the you know the expectations you had that did not see the light of day it says in all things give thanks in all things give thanks you may have lost something during the course of the year but trust me you see when god gave me this understanding a while back it blessed me he said you may have lost something but let me tell you this what you have lost is not where the devil wanted to stop you look at the life of job <laughs> job was after I'm sorry, um, the devil was after job that's what he was after if god had not put a stop to it job satan would have killed job god had to tell him you have no right to touch his life so you may have lost something but you see god is the reason why you have not lost it all 
Do you know it's even a miracle to be aware you lost something? Some people lose things, but they are so insane that they are not even aware something has been lost. So even awareness that something has left you, right? You see, <laughs> it's something to be grateful for. You are not thanking God that that thing is lost, but in all things you are giving Him thanks. I'm reminded of the life of David. The Bible says that, you know, David's son was sick, he was about to die, and he started praying, he started fasting. He wouldn't eat anything. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 19 to 23. The Bible says it got there to a point, and notice that on a particular day, servants were whispering to themselves, and David knew perhaps something had happened. So the Bible says that when David saw that a servant whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. And therefore David said unto his servant, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself. The Bible says, And he changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. And worshipped. And worshipped. And worshipped. Because you understood the protocols of access. Number one is you have to give thanks in all things. I don't know how the year has been. I don't know what your experiences has been. Let me tell you this. If, see, people will thank God. It's not because everything is working. It's because they have understanding. It's because they have You see, sometimes when you see some people, you know, dancing in the house of God, you see, this guy, hey, he, has no, he has no worries. Really. If some of them, see, let me tell you this. It's not everybody that is looking put together that life is together for them. Who gets it wrong? Get it wrong. You know, there's a way people judge a book by its cover. Look at someone say, ah, ah, see shoes, see words, see everything. This guy, he has no problem. <laughs> his problem may be more than your own. But he has chosen to take his attention off what he's going through and he decides to give thanks to God in spite of it all. So the first protocol is a protocol of access. Uh, it's a, pro- um, it's a pro- protocol of gratitude. The protocol of gratitude. The protocol of gratitude. And God is always looking for grateful people. That's why when he healed the ten lepers and one came back. Look at what Jesus said. He said, were there not ten? He said, where are the other nine? It simply means that even though Jesus is not saved, it's an unspoken protocol. I expect you to come back to give thanks. Because if it were not important, Jesus wouldn't have said, where are the nine? It means he was expecting ten people to come back, but only one showed up. Let me tell you this God always reserves something for the grief Because the Bible says that when the one came back The nine Everybody was healed But when he came back Jesus said something very instructive He said because you came back You have been made whole What does that mean? To be made whole is not the same thing as being healed To be made whole simply means that the effect Right Of the sickness he had was wiped away it means everything that was lost during the time of his leprosy, it got back home and everything had been replaced. It simply means nothing missing, nothing broken. The ones that didn't come back to give thanks, they received their healing, but they still went back home and met the problems. There is something always reserved. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 67, Psalm 67 verse 5. I think verse 5 to 7. It says, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the people praise you. It says, then shall the earth yield their increase, and the Lord our God shall bless us. The word then is conditional. It simply means if you don't praise him, the earth will not yield his increase. It won't. There is a dimension of increase you will never experience if you are not grateful. If you are not grateful. 
<laughs> I remember I had a story sometimes back about a brother John who was, you know, uh, I've told the story before, you know, in the um, Orthodox Church, you know, and every time they will sing and worship, you know, the guy would just cut our body, make noise, and so they were doing, it got to a point, the church was already used to it, but just leave Brother John. So there was a particular day, an elder, you know, <laughs> a preacher was coming around for the denom- who was from the denomination. So they told Brother John, Brother John didn't have much. He even needed shoes. So they promised Brother John, the next week Sunday, we will not shout. We just stay on one spot and give him thanks to God. He said, if you can do that, we'll buy you a shoe. Ah, Brother John did that. He said, no problem, but it is just one Sunday. So the service started. And the song was going on. Brother John was just shaking. He was just shaking. Ah, he wanted to move. They looked at him. Shoo, shoo. Brother John shoo. He got to a point, Brother John just screamed this and said, Shoo or no shoo, I will praise the Lord. Somebody needs to have that attitude. Huh? House or no house, I will praise the Lord. Car or no car, I will praise the Lord. Shoe or no shoe, job or no job, I will praise the Lord. You see, if you give thanks to God, it is simply courtesy. If you have everything and you are giving thanks to God, it's not gratitude. It's courtesy. It's courtesy. If I give you something, courtesy demands you say thank you. Except if they are not well trained. But if you are well raised and well trained, if I give you something, courtesy demands you say thank you. So to say thank you is not gratitude. It's courtesy. But when you come and you say thank you, when it seems as if God has not done anything, and you keep expressing your gratitude, then God does this one have sense. Look at your neighbor, say I have sense. Look at someone else that needs to understand what you're saying. Say I have sense. Number two is precision protocol. Precision protocol. You see Joshua saying to the people, he said, you have not passed this way before. He said, there is a way in which you must go. That's why I've always said it time and time again, that in the journey of life, direction would always be more important than speed. You must learn to prioritize precision in your journey of life. The opposite of precision is trial and error. Many people are so used to trial and error, gambling with their life, that this generation has give, even given it a name. A contemporary name. You know what they give it? Awesome. Awesome. Say, ah, 2022, I'm going to awesome. <laughs> are not in this house. How many hustlers are here? Raise your hand. You are not in this house. Deliver you from every stronghold of awesome. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you this. You achieve more by precision than by awesome sharing with one of our leaders today i said in the year 2021 i achieved more by doing less i said that one of the things i've decided is i'm deep cut a lot of things come 2022 you see because it's not by doing many things it's by being in the center of god's will it's not by doing many things a lot of people are running around like headless chicken trying to keep body and soul together your body and soul is together there's no point keeping it together if you are still breathing, it's because your body and your soul are together. Say, ah, in this Lagos, we can't just sit down. We can't just sit down. You better sit down and get direction before running around. All the running around, what has it produced? That's the question. You see, it's because most times people don't sit down to reflect. So I can say, oh, no, this pastor, that's how they talk. They are motivating you. So should I be motivated? 
that's not my intention. I'm not a motivational speaker. Praise God. I'm telling you the mind of God. There is a way in which you must go. For every one of us, there is a way in which we must go. The fact that everybody is doing something and it is working for them does not mean if you do it, it will work for you. I learned that the hard way, but I thank God I learned it very well. So all your friends are going in this direction. You see them putting money in stuff and money is, is, is working. You may put your money there and lose your money. Oh, I've come to understand that. No matter how juicy and how attractive something is, if the Holy Spirit does not tell me to put my money there, I don't put my money there, no matter who you are. No matter how close I even look to, I am to you. You, you can't speak up me to it because I've learned the hard way. But you don't have to learn the hard way. You don't have to learn the hard way. That's why your step has to be precise. It has to be precise. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah 30 and verse 21. It says, Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way to go. There is a way to go. There is a way to go. It says, This is the way to go. Walking it when you turn to the left and when you turn to the right. Precision protocol. Precision protocol. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 22 to 25. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22 to 25. Media, let's have it on the screen. One man that understood precision is David. Or was David. David was a man that never took any step until he was certain that it was God telling him to do it. Even when it made sense to do that thing, David never followed sense. He followed God. The Bible says the Philistines came up against David, you know, and the children of Israel. And they spread themselves in the valley of Raphael. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Should I go up? But fetch a compass behind them. <laughs> it does not even make sense. People have come to battle against you. They are asking God, Should I go and fight? They are already here to fight with you. This is a no brainer. You just go and fight. But David asked, Should I go up? And thou shalt go up, but fetch a compass behind you and come up over um, upon them over against the mulberry tree and let it be that when you hear the sound of it going in the tops of the mulberry trees that you shall bestir thyself for there shall the Lord go out before you did you see that? he says until you hear the sound if you don't hear the sound then you move God is not going before you he said then will you know the God the Lord has gone before you to smite the host of the Philistines the Bible says and David did so as the Lord had commanded him and he smote the Philistines from Giba until thou come together did you see that? you see when you prioritize precision it will save you time precision saves you uh, and precision saves you time precision conserves your energy and your resources Precision, we need to understand, comes through guidance. The guidance of the Spirit of God. And that's why at the outset of every year as a culture in this house, we separate ourselves in days to pray and to fast. So, I've not prayed enough, you see. Jesus said, men ought always to pray. For the believer, prayer should be to you like breathing. You see, one of the problems of this generation why it's difficult to separate believers from unbelievers is because this generation has raised, you know, entertained Christians. Don't go to church now to be entertained. So, you see, a church wants to have a prayer, I say, ah, I don't want, who's coming? I said, you are going for a show, a worldly show. Who's coming? You are not going there to be entertained, you are going there to meet with God. 
You never know, maybe you are just missing your destiny moments. Praise the Lord. God must guide you in the coming year. He must guide you. And you see, divine guidance doesn't fall automatically. It comes when you seek for it. You have to seek for it. You see, divine guidance is not for preachers. It's not for church leaders. It's for every believer. That's why it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. If you are consistently experiencing lack in one area, ask yourself, is the Lord my shepherd in this area? Because if he's your shepherd, it says you shall not want. Number three is blueprints protocol. Blueprints. 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 You see that when Moses built the temple, he built according to the pattern, the blueprints that God gave him. When Noah was going to build the ark that saved him and his family from the flood. You see, Noah didn't just build anyhow. Noah had to receive the blueprint from God. The type of wood that must be used. If God says use MDF <laughs> and, Moses had used, uh, and Noah had used Mahogany, he would have built the ark and he would still have perished in the flood. See David consistently receiving blueprints from the Lord. That was why he experienced victories all his life. David was a man that all through scriptures, he never lost a battle. You see, it is possible as a businessman never to miss a deal. I hear what I'm saying. The business of David was battle. It is possible. It is possible never to be a loser if you prioritize the leadership of the Spirit of God. By going before him and saying, God, what way, what do you want me to do in the coming year? Getting a blueprint from him. You see, in life there are two types of blueprints. Number one is accidental blueprints. Everybody lives by a blueprint. Is either an accidental blueprint or an intentional blueprint? What's an accidental blueprint? An accidental blueprint is the blueprint that society gives you. Family and friends. They told you this is the way you should live your life. You know, there is a blueprint in the society for a male child. Go to school, serve. After you finish serving, get a good job. After you get a job, buy a car, rent a house. After you got that, get a baby, marry. After you marry, born. After born, <laughs> build a house in the village. That's a sign of your success. If you've not done that, you have not succeeded. For the female child, what's the blueprint? Go to school. Sometimes you don't even need to go to school. You know? Go to school. Come out of school. After you finish school, the day you write, when are you bringing home the, the husband? Do? That's the blueprint. That's the blueprint. But your life is more than that. All those things are good. But let me tell you this. The fact that society says that's how you should live your life. The question is, is that, you see, God wants you to have all those things. But you see, in, those, in, in, that, in that chronological dimension, because God wants you to do that after one after the other. And I want to change the order for you. That's what I call accidental blueprint. Some people don't even question it. Everybody in our family is a lawyer. You must also be a lawyer. It's a blueprint. So there are some families, the family of law. Some people, their parents have already created the blueprint from the day they gave birth. Where, where are doctor? <laughs> no, this, this one is a lawyer. This one is a doctor. They've designed this or alive. So anything you want to do, so I want to be an MC. And what? 
know it's DR. We can never be MC. It's DR. It's doctor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But an intentional blueprint is the one that you receive consciously from God. Or the one that you consciously craft for yourself. You see, you can create a blueprint for yourself or you can receive from God. But the superior blueprint is the one you receive from God. There are people who don't know God, but they never start a year without a blueprint for their life. They sit down, that's what, you know, the marketplace calls goal setting, planning. They sit down and they plan. In the next 365 days, where do I want to be? In the next two years, what do I, what do I want to have in my account? Then what am I going to do to achieve that? While all those things are good, the most superior blueprint is the one you receive from God. That's why I always encourage people, you know, as a believer, while goal setting and all those things are good, and you should keep setting goals, make sure your goals are inspired by the Spirit of God. Not just, ah, okay, next year, ah, sister, this God that, which I should be able to buy it, you don't have scripture. The same God is rich unto all, that's all of all. Did God tell you that's what He wants you to do next year? The fact that all your friends are buying cars does not mean cars is the next thing for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God may be telling you to buy land. But God is not telling you, I'm telling you. The land is an asset, the title I have But you know, you can't carry land around. But can you can carry it around. So people will rather live for the ground. Live to be seen to me. Talk about that during the course of the year. Praise the Lord. So you need a blueprint. A blueprint for your life. A blueprint for your life. Every new season must be eroded with a blueprint. Number four is the sacrifice protocol. Somebody says sacrifice. You see, this is the part where it becomes uncomfortable. <laughs> Every new season must be eroded by sacrifice. Just we told me something today about sacrifice. I never, I fact, I never had it before. I never thought about it before. He said when Joam, when David became king over Israel, you saw him at different times making sacrifices. Same thing, Solomon saw that in his father. What did he do when he became king? The very first thing he did, the Bible says that Solomon offered a thousand burnt offering. He was not the one that prayed, God showed up. I said, what do you want? But when his own son, Rehoboam, became king, there was never any mention of the fact that Rehoboam offered any sacrifice to God. And he lost in one day. What the people that offered sacrifices did in 80 years. Let me tell you this. Your future demands the sacrifice of your past. You can't be the same person and expect to step into the future God has for When people hear sacrifice, they only think of money. That's not what I'm talking about. That may be part of it. But I'm talking about sacrifices of different things. Every new season demands sacrifice. Something or certain, you see, certain things must lead you to step into the new season of your life. And every new season you must always ask God. I've made that a tradition for years. Every before I step into any new season, especially any new year, I'm always finding out what relationship has become a weight. Some of you want to sacrifice at certain relationships. God promised Abraham. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Told him so many things. I will bless you. All the nations of the earth will bless you. But do you know that blessing was not activated until God made him sacrifice? 
He said, give me your son Isaac, your only son. God specified because he could have gone to look for Ishmael. So your only son, the one that you love. So sacrifice something is not a sacrifice if it is not something that you rather not lose. The Bible says that he was about to kill Isaac. God said, ah, you see, it's amazing what God said. God said, now I know. I thought God knows all things. But God himself said, now I know. So it means God was not sure before about Abraham. That even though I called this guy, there is still a final test. It's the test of sacrifice. The test of sacrifice. Will he rather hold on to Isaac and lose what I still have in store for him? Of course God was not after Isaac. But you know what the Bible tells us about Abraham? The Bible says Abraham already saw that even if he killed Isaac, God is able to raise him back from the dead. He knew that God does not just accept. You see, let me tell you something. There was a time there was famine in Israel. The Bible says there was no water, there was nothing. And Elijah called out the prophets of Baal. He said, let's offer a sacrifice. And the God that brings fire down from heaven is the true God. So you know what the prophets of Baal did? They you know, built the altar, put the animal on it, you know. Fire, they call Baal, Baal, Baal. Nothing happened. When it got to the turn of Elijah, Elijah said, add water to the altar. You are going to ask for fire. You don't even say the fire, you are saying they should add water. He kept saying, pour water, pour water. What was Elijah trying to do? The question is, why was he doing that? Because there was famine. What were they looking for in time of famine? What were they looking for? Water. So the sacrifice was not the animal because they were not lacking animal. What they were lacking was water. If they had offered all the animals, it would never have been a sacrifice because they were not lacking it. What they needed the most was what Elijah sacrificed. And when God saw, he said, that's why you need to understand what sacrifice is. Some people need to renew their minds. What they wanted the most, what they had been looking for for years, what they were praying for was water. And yet the water that was left, he said, for it. What if God does, God does not rain? What if he does not send down rain? He said, for it. Pour it again. Keep pouring it. The Bible says the fire came down. And before you know it, the rain should go. Why? Because of sacrifice. Let me tell you this. Everyone in the big one needs to understand this is a kingdom culture. Every season of your life must be started with the sacrifice. It must be. Some people, it may be sacrifice of pleasure. You have consumed so much. You are, you are, you are so pleasure sick that the things that are demanded or required for your future, you have expended it on pleasure. That's why the Bible says it, that lost pleasure shall never be rich. It's in the book of Proverbs. It's the book of Proverbs. But sacrifice is a protocol for maximizing and navigating a new season. But most importantly, what God wants for you is you yourself. You are the most important sacrifice God is looking for. You are the most important sacrifice. The most important sacrifice. That's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, only acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. He now said, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to do what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what many people quote most times is verse 2, and they don't understand that with eyes with verse 1. 
He's saying don't be conformed to the world. What is the way of the world? The world tells you you don't need sacrifice. But God is saying you must do more because a man that has offered himself, there is nothing he can hold back. That's what the Bible says that how will God who has offered the son unto us says, How will he not with the son freely give us all things? Because he has already given you the most important thing to him. That's the most important thing. That's why the most important sacrifice is you do as an individual. They say, Offer your life as a sacrifice. Let me tell you this in the coming year, if nothing about your life is a sacrifice for God's kingdom, any other thing is sacrifice is a basis. You know, sometimes people try to bribe God. So, you know, if I can God just give God $10 million, but you know, uh, I don't really have time for God. If your $10 million means nothing to God, if you are missing, if your life is not a sacrifice, your resources make no sense to you. Because He gave you those resources in the first place. The Bible says, What do we have that we have not been given? And last but not the least, is declarations protocol. Declaration. Somebody said declarations. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, and um, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. The Bible says, and God said, let there be light. And the Bible says, there is light. In verse 6, the Bible says, and God said. In verse 9, the Bible says, and God said. In verse 14, the Bible says, and God said. Verse 20, and God said. The Creator Himself in the beginning how to speak. The Creator Himself. Because He was about to begin something, He had to say what He wanted to say. Let me tell you this. Your future must be said in advance if you want to see it. If the Creator had to say it before you saw it, you need to say it before you can see it. That's why Numbers 14 and verse 28, God said to the people, He said, As you have said in my ears, He said, So will I do unto you. As we have said. The question is, What are you saying? You are about to step into a new year. What words are going to come out of your mouth? The truth is, it's so unfortunate that some people, before the end of tomorrow, they would have started with ah, this country. Ah, this country. Ah, you know, it's what they see on the news. They, on the first day, when things now turn out, you know, it's so unfortunate that people cannot plot a graph and a connection between what they are saying and what they are experiencing. When they now experience, they say, like, see, this life, said, this country. You know why some people can never succeed in Nigeria? Because today Nigeria is not a good country. So there's no way you can ever prosper. No matter what they do, they can never succeed. One thing I've come to understand about people that do well in certain geographical environment is that they speak well of those places. You can never prosper where you speak evil of. Yes, the country may have its flaws. But let me tell you this: there is no perfect human system. None anywhere in the world, no matter what limit is called. Let me tell you this, some countries are more corrupt than Nigeria. It's just that they've made it a system. What you call bribing, they call it lobbying. It's a system. Somebody hear what I'm saying? But the question is, what are you going to say? And it's just what you say. It's not just what you say tonight. What are you going to say throughout the day? It is with your mouth you chart the course of your life. Your mouth is like a steer, the steering wheel of a car. It's like the rudder of a ship. That's what the Bible says. Any man that can control his tongue can control his life and his destiny. So my encouragement to you is that in the coming year, that's why Jesus said in Mark 11 and verse 23, Jesus said, if you will say to this mountain, 
He said, be removed and cast into the sea. And you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe the things we have said will come to pass. He said, you shall have whatsoever you see. And you see, that is what it is. Not, you need to be careful about what Jesus said. Jesus didn't say, we have good things. He said, you shall have whatsoever you say. The question is, what are you saying? There is no money. It's hard for someone who the street is not smiling. That's why it has not been smiling to you. Let me tell you this. Things have years. The Bible says Jesus saw the victory and he said from today nobody will eat from you again. And the Bible says he left. They came back the next day and the Bible says it had dried up from his wounds. Things might not show up immediately what you are saying. But let me tell you this. You will eventually reap the harvest of what you are saying. Eventually. 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 So at the outset of every new season, you must learn to speak. You must learn to speak. You must learn to speak. And that's why uh, for us as a culture in this house, every year we have a declaration of faith that we say from the first day to the last day of the year. God gave us that thing and it has worked. It's been working for years. It's been working for years. That's what we're going to start tonight. That's what we're going to start the new year. Hallelujah. Is somebody ready to declare words into the new year? Are you ready to declare words into the new year? So after we declare those words, we will now say Happy New Year. That's how you say it, not by shouting Happy New Year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the beginning, God said. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning. I want us to rise up on our feet. Everyone, we can pass the declaration of faith to everyone a copy, but we're going to have it on the screen. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 You know, even if you are saying Happy New Year now, you know it's already late. In New Zealand, they were already in a new year eight hours ago. In UAE, they are already in a new year. So, it's a concept. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year. Because I know some of us, that's where our mind is. So, just say Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. You see, these words, I would like to encourage us. Praise the Lord. Can I have our attention, please? Don't just say these words today and forget about it. Make up your mind you are going to say these things all through this year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All through when? All through this year. You see, God's word is like a medicine. You can't you see human medicine, you can overdose on it. God's word, you can't overdose on it. Medical science will tell you take two in the morning, two in the afternoon, two in the if you take three in the morning, five in the afternoon, you can die. But God's word, if you take it ten times in the morning, hundred times in the afternoon, you can't overdose. It will only make it happen faster. Because whatever you are calling is coming. Whatever you are calling is coming. So I want you to lift up your voice. Say, Father, I thank you for bringing me into the best season of my life. So let's continue according to your word and promise. I now decree and declare that this is my year of double impact. I'm marked with the favor of God all through this year. Therefore, I'm preferred above my colleagues and contemporaries in life and in the marketplace because I'm daily led and guided by the Spirit of God, of the living God, every single day of this year. I now decree and declare that my decisions are precise and accurate. I only make right decisions this year. I consistently and without fail experience back-to-back miracles all through this year. Whatever has not been working in my life and the work of my hands has now started working. 
and will no longer stop working. Every day of this year brings to me good news from far and near. All through this year, my steps are ordered to where provision and destiny is waiting for me. My eyes are opened and my capacity is being consistently enlarged to take advantage of every opportunity God has for me this year. My most in previous years has become my least this year. This year, I consistently cross lines of limitations and I break generational boundaries, barriers and causes. Every vicious cycle, trends and patterns have now come to an end in my life, family and finances. This year, I take new territories in my industry and field of play. Therefore, my impact and influence increases on a daily and consistent basis. All through this year, God is daily and consistently bringing into my life men and women that are strategic to my lifting and rising in life and the marketplace. I'm enjoying favor with those that matter to my life, destiny, and God's purpose and agenda for my life in this season. I decree and declare this moment in the name of Jesus that men and women that I know and do not know from all the nations of the earth put themselves in positions of disadvantage and discomfort to favor me today in every way possible. The Lord has opened unto me the doors of his good treasures. Therefore, I decree and declare this moment that I have entered into my season of daily surplus supplies. I receive today and on a daily basis more than enough funding for my dreams and vision. Luck has become foreign to me. I now take money out of money and I live a life of superior quality and excessive financial abundance all through this year. This year, my liftings and results in life and the marketplace is consistently silencing my mockers, adversaries and onlookers. My prophecies and promises have now become my reality. This year, not one word or promise of God spoken over me shall fail or fall to the ground. All shall come to pass. This year, there is no loss of life, property, opportunities and destiny relationships. As mountains are round about Jerusalem, the Lord builds a protecting wall of fire round about me and my household this year. I'm protected from every sin and unseen evil. When men say there is a casting down, for me and my household there shall be a lifting up. I decree and declare that every oppression of the wicked one has now come to a perpetual end in my life, work and household. Everyone that speaks and rises up against me, my work and household, shall fall before me never to rise again. Those expecting my downfall shall be forever ashamed as they see God consistently lift me all through this year from glory to glory. I succeed exceptionally this year where I failed in previous years. This year, every member and partner of the Gateway Church is enjoying supernatural health and strength. Therefore, none is feeble amongst us. The life of God is consistently flowing from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. I decree and declare today on the authority of God's word that I'm forever free from every oppression and affliction of the evil one. Therefore, diseases and infection that comes in contact with my body dies instantly. This year, unprecedented multitudes of men, women, children and families have been consistently drawn into the Gateway Church through the ministry of angels and by the wind of God's Spirit. Therefore, I decree and declare there is an overflow attendance in every service. This year, in the Gateway Church, we have more than enough financial, material and human resources to fulfill every vision God has given us in the Gateway Church. This year, notable and undeniable miracles consistently take place in the life of every member of the Gateway Church. 
the jobless are gainfully employed, the employed are promoted on the job, and the entrepreneurs are consistently experiencing unprecedented favor and liftings in the marketplace. Multi-millionaires and billionaires who are fully devoted followers of Christ have been consistently raised in the Gateway Church. The Gateway Church is now growing and expanding unprecedentedly. Every member and the institution of the Gateway Church are therefore consistently taking possession of strategically located debt-free buildings and landed properties. Multitudes upon multitudes are coming to the Gateway Church this year. The Gateway Church is now so large that thousands upon thousands of people identify themselves as members of the Gateway Church. God has given us a mega church and made room for us in this land. The Gateway Church is only experiencing supernatural advertisement and visibility. On the platform of God's unmerited favor, the Gateway Church has become a nation within a nation. The Gateway Church is highly respected, esteemed, and honored in this city, community, and nation. Everyone that rises up against the Gateway Church shall fail and fall before us. Anybody who associates and identifies with the Gateway Church is blessed. Everyone that comes to the Gateway Church come again, and as they return, they bring more people. I decree and declare that people are rushing to every service of the Gateway Church so that there is no space for people to sit anymore. We consistently have a problem of space to contain the crowds God has given us. As I've said it, so it begins to happen now in Jesus' name. As we have said in Israel, so shall it do unto us in Jesus' name. Let's bring out our anointing oil, our anointing oil, our oil, you know, praise the Lord. Three things God said I should tell us about this anointing. Um, if you don't have a bottle of anointing, you can just, um, if you have someone standing beside you that has, and just tell them to, you know, maybe share with you or something. Three things God said I should tell us specifically about this. He said, number one, this anointing is going to be for exemption. For exemption. He said, that is the passing over of every evil the enemy has programmed for the year. And so I decree and I declare that in the year 2022, this year we will be exempted from every evil. In the name of Jesus. There will be peace in your household. Only shouts of rejoicing and celebration will be had in your dwelling. In the name of Jesus. In Exodus 11 verse 6 to 7, the Bible says there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt. He says, such as there was none like it, nor shall any be like it anymore. He says, but against any of the children of Israel, not even a dog will move his tongue against man or beast, that you may know that the law puts a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. I decree and declare once again, in this year 2022, you will be exempted from every evil in the name of Jesus. Number two, he said his anointing is for breaking forth. For breaking forth. He said that is the destruction of yokes of age-long and perennial stagnation and limitation that is almost becoming an identity. Listen to these words. I wrote it and I'm reading it verbatim. He said it's for breaking forth. And the illustration he gave me is this. He said there's a man in the Bible called Blind Bartimaeus. His first name is not blind. His son name is not Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus actually means son of Timaeus. But he became blind Bartimaeus because blindness became his identity. Poverty can become somebody's identity. People can know you so much that when they see you, they say, Oh, he wants to ask for money. It has become an identity. 
So God is saying that this anointing is going to be for breaking forth. You remember Naaman in the Bible? He was referred to as Naaman the leper. He was a general, but they didn't call him Naaman the general. They called him Naaman the leper. Because the leprosy became his identity. I don't know what has become your identity. That God did not attach you. By the anointing I decree and declare. Let every negative identity be destroyed. In the name of Jesus. Whatever name men have been calling you that God has not called you. By reason of this anointing let those identities be destroyed. In the name of Jesus. You know, sickness can become an identity. In some families, there's a particular sickness like the identity. If there is anybody like that in this house tonight, it is breaking over your life. It is breaking over your life. Failure is broken. Poverty is broken. Sickness is broken. In the name of Jesus. The things you have lacked the most this year, you will have the most. Number three, service anointing, especially for instantaneous supernatural turnaround. Instantaneous supernatural turnaround. What does that mean? He said there will be a turning around of bitter to sweet. Bitter to sweet. That is, every bitter experience is turning around for your advantage. In the name of Jesus. And he said, I should say this. He said, some people within the next 24 hours, there will be a major turnaround. I don't know who that is for, but I'm not saying that as a pastor. I'm saying it, and I rather I'm reading everything out. He said, some of you in the next 24 hours. But some of us say, another thing that came to my mind when I was praying for the service is, let me, let me check it, because I just wrote all these things down. He said, from the first month of this year, some people will experience overlapping harvests. Congratulations will be repetitive in your life. What does that mean? When people are saying congratulations, in your mind you'll be wondering, what are they congratulating me for? Because so many things will be happening consecutively, simultaneously. In your life, congratulations will be repetition. In the name of Jesus. And so the reason why he instructed me to tell us to bring the bottle of oil is because this work is individual. I'm not going to lay hands on anybody. What we're going to do is I want you to lift up the oil. And there are instructions that God said I should give to us. And I wrote it. I'm going to read it out to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up every oil. And I use it as a point of contact. We have done this in obedience to the instruction of your spirit, the inspiration of your spirit. And Father, I pray, everything that you want to do through the instrumentality of this oil, let it happen in every life. Let it happen in every family. Let it happen in every business. Let it happen in every career. In the name of Jesus. As you have said that this oil is for exemption, for breaking forth an instantaneous supernatural turnaround. Let that be the experiences of your people. In the name of Jesus. Let every man and every woman come back with a testimony. For those connecting online that you don't have oil, see, this just inspired in my spirit, you can touch that screen. 
you can touch that spring you can touch that spring and you can get something you can just use the hoi so you can get it right now but i decree and declare everything god has in mind you see the bible says in isaiah 10 27 he says everybody shall be lifted up your neck he says and the yoke will be destroyed by the anointed i don't know what a yoke has been in your life i don't know what that yoke is it could be a financial yoke maybe you are trying to for some of us you have never crossed certain lines financially nobody has ever crossed certain lines some of us you have never ended the year with millions in your account never never you may start the year with so much but before the end of year something just takes that money out i decree and declare for tonight let there be a breaking forth in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus a breaking forth in business a breaking forth in your career a breaking forth in your family in the name of jesus whatever has not been working let us start working now in the name of jesus so these are the instructions god said i should tell us use the oil as often as you remember or as often you desire how do you use it number one this one is so clear to me i saw it it was like a picture he said when you get home not annoyed he said pour the oil on the entrance of your houses if you have a house where you are permitted to do that do you understand he said pour it at the entrance and it is going to be according to the order of what happened to the children of Israel. That every evil that is going to happen in this year, you will be exempted from it. You will only hear of it, you will not experience it. In the name of Jesus. This message is going to be online, so please listen to these instructions in case you are not able to pick everything. He said, number two, anoint anything that represents the work of your hands anything that represents the work of your hands i don't know what that thing is but you know what you do anything that represents it it says anoint that thing anoint that thing and you see the best time to strike iron is when it is hot so when you get on before you begin all the uh, um, 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 necessary because it's necessary celebration god has brought us into a new year before you start doing all that follow these instructions are you hearing what i'm saying anoint something that represents the work of your hands number three he said anoint your hands and place those hands on your goals and pray over those goals and expectations already told us in this house have goals have expectations for the year whatever you don't expect you can experience god only works with the expectations of our heart he says for surely there is an end and your expectation will not be cut off so you are not and you put the oil on your hand and you place it on those goals you see when you do that in obedience it's as if i'm doing that and when you do that it's as if god himself is laying hands on those things what happens is that there will be a supernatural enablement for the accomplishment of those things in the name of jesus and last but not the least he said every father or single parent or anyone that has you know kids he said when you get home anoint your children and bless them Did somebody hear what i said the first thing is not to give them food mommy we are hungry receive blessing before food daddy we are hungry bless them and speak over them are you hearing what i'm saying so please pay attention to these instructions father in the name of just pour a little bit on your hand I want you to place those hands that you put the oil on on your head. The Bible says, Apostle Paul speaking, it says, "Let no man trouble me, for I be on my body the mark of Christ." I want you to decree and declare, say, "Father, in the name of Jesus, 
in this year 2022 mark me with your favor let everyone that comes in contact with me put themselves in positions of disadvantage and discomfort to help me turn that into prayer right now father in the name of jesus place your mark of favor upon me in the name of jesus place your mark of favor upon me so that everyone that comes in contact with me everyone that needs to help me they will begin to put themselves in positions of disadvantage and discomfort even to help me in the name of jesus by favor i'm helped all through this year the bible says everyone that looked upon esther favored her father i pray that such will be my experience all through the year 2022 in the name of jesus i'm held by many my helper shall not be few my helper shall be many in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Before I go further tonight, you are here in this house and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. The best decision you can make, the first best decision you can make in the new year, all lies close. Can everybody have their six days? All lies close, all lies bow. You know you are in this house, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You may deceive everyone, but you can't deceive yourself. Neither can you deceive God. And you want to say, Pastor, I don't want to walk out of this place without making this most important decision. Let me tell you, the things of the kingdom, the inheritance are meant for children, not for strangers. You're here in this house, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you want to begin a relationship today. Jesus is still coming back. This generation seems to have forgotten that. And the only rapture is over. You are here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or you've made the commitment before in time past. And you walked out on that relationship. You are here this morning. You want me to pray with you wherever you are. I want you to raise up your hand.